2: Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio.
3: Temba can go to hell.
2: Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the Hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minsa, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking.
1: One, two, three. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour, three women, one hour, all the opinions you can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton and... and... And this week we are gonna be talking about why the telegraph does not seem to like black women. We're gonna be discussing whether you or not you knew that your mother's name does not appear anywhere on a marriage certificate, and we've got the amazing social activist and model Munro Bergdoff in the studio with us, telling us all about her amazing career and what she's up to at the moment. But as ever, we're gonna be starting off with our little roundup of the news this week. I'm kicking it off this week, I'm talking about Terry Richardson. Now ladies neither of you really knew who he was which i was shocked about terry richardson super fashion photographer has been doing it for years and years and years you would absolutely recognize his photos he
4: wasn't on my radar i really don't know why he does
1: kind of black and white generally naked photos of very famous models and he has been doing it for years and years and everyone has known that he's a total sleazebag known this for decades. Is that an alleged sleaze bag? Nope. No, that's an actual, <laughs> actual sleazebag. All his photography is art, obviously. Yeah. Okay, and I right. think he's actually quite happily admitted to being a sleaze bag in the past. Like, he sort of brags about it. Um, and he does things like he asks models to call him Uncle Terry. <laughs> uh, he pretty much always suggests they get naked. And now more and more women are coming out saying things like he will also get naked with them, that he'll ask them to touch her touch him that he will um, try and grope them that he'll try and have sex with them that he'll try and initiate sex acts with them all this type of thing this has been going on for decades people have been written writing about it for years and years but for the first time ever there is a pushback and he has been officially blocked blacklisted by places like Vogue some of the big retailers they have officially said they're not using him so I'm wondering is this what we're gonna see as a response to Harvey Weinstein? Now, what do you think is this what we're going to
0: see as a response i think first of all these magazines should have been blocking him ages ago uh it shouldn't have taken a weinstein case magazines to suddenly be like oh well now we can get him off our books if he's a known sleazebag not even an alleged one alleged one um so I, i'm thinking about this i don't really know his work but i'm a fan of Helmut newton and his work is very provocative, it's black and white, it's sexual. And without doing a comparison, I I, I wonder now, will I start looking at work a, a male work and, and and specifically photos of women that is quite sexualized and and both automatically be wondering is the man on the other side of the lens an absolute douche?
1: Well, of course, this isn't the first photographer that this has been you know alleged about. It's quite a common thing so for photographers. What do we
0: do about it? And well, how how do we support the women that have to stand there and have these photos taken and be treated in this way? Because it, I don't think Vogue and these other publications are going to ban every single sleaze bag man that they've got on the books.
4: And also, it's the it's the art excuse isn't it so you know when do you say it it isn't art or like because that seems like an excuse for really bad behavior to me but well it is an art when the
0: woman on the other side feels abused
4: yeah
1: okay yeah or feels uncomfortable and yeah. the other thing is that came out today which i think is really interesting is that there is again allegedly a whatsapp group amongst researchers secretaries um people working in parliament of gropey MPs so the MPs that you have to be warned about and apparently it's going to be leading to resignations and people leaving particularly within the cabinet does not surprise me at all I can think about three that I'm sure are on that list um do you think this is going to go across all the industries yeah we yeah. talked well, we talked about it last week how we felt yeah. that you know the Harvey Weinstein
4: story was going to be a bit of an uprising and it's it is I mean I think Terry Richardson is a prime example because when you, when you look there's quite a lot of people who stopped working with him a few years ago H&M did in 2013 um, but recently he's been doing things like Diesel but now there's a bit more of a like oh actually no we, we just can't and also those brands associating themselves with people like this the, the effect that that is going to have on their um campaigns
1: and, and reputation. I really am hoping this is going to be the end, or at least no, not the end. Maybe this is going to be the beginning of the end for sexual harassment at work. Yeah, right. An abuse of power. An abuse of power. Or do you think the men will just find a different way to do it? No. Do you know what I don't? Because I, I was really cynical this time last week. I was deeply, deeply cynical. I was like, we're going to be talking about this for like five days, and then it'll all go back to exactly how it was before. Mm. I think maybe we
4: hit, hit a tipping point mm, I do I'm excited yeah we do They can't get away with but it but do we hit a
0: tipping point where you're in a meeting and a man's like oh I can't even look at you because you're going to see me for sexual <laughs> well, harassment well I
4: must admit I do think did you hear at women's hour this week and they had somebody on the show they had two guys on the show asking this very question like looking at their behaviour and they really didn't get it they were talking about things like what so uh, I can't chat up a girl at work and there seems to be this real real blurred well they think is a blurred line between them being genuine interested in fancying somebody and then them being forceful and abusive and they don't know what it is what and i'm like how is. can you not how can you not know when your when your actions are not reciprocated
1: and i think it's that thing there, not it it's a pendulum so we've mm. been over on one side of the pendulum and it's now swung back up and it probably will go a bit too far the other way but hopefully it kind of comes back and we find an equilibrium for all of us all of us Nat, our second story this week tell us about it well i'm
0: going to say it's probably a, a man being stupid but i don't anyone who saw the front cover of, of the telegraph this week there was a photo of a black woman lola uh, olufemi and she is the women's officer at cambridge university student union she was one of a number of students that wrote a letter to the english department asking for the english department to look at the text that they were using in the literature that they were using and actually add people of colour to diversify it because they were ultimately being taught a a very white um, standardised version of, of literature. This was then taken on board by the papers that usually hate black women so the Daily Mail and the Telegraph and they turned it into you know student asked for Um, literature list to be decolonised and to get rid of all of the white men and it was all like all the white men are going to be burnt at at the stake (laughs) and actually no white men were harmed in the process of that letter (laughs) being written
4: their egos were
0: you know the the textbooks are still firmly there their (laughs) photos are still firmly on the wall honestly
4: I just like they
0: they incited a whole load of, of, of racist abuse sexist abuse on social media by putting her photo there they don't put black women on the front of the telegraph ever but you decide to put it on today just so people can find her and troll her. And rightly so. She stood up and she's like, I'm not having this, as did people from the university. Unfortunately, I have yet to see a statement from Cambridge University, you know, telling off the Telegraph I hope they do it soon, um, but I thought I'd bring it to our attention and just. Uh, see so it's, what I just thought it's
4: fascinating, though, how oh. these how white people just get so defensive and upset. It's actually embarrassing. It's embarrassing that you are outraged that somebody is saying, "Let's not just have a one-dimensional view on the world. Let's have a bit more of a diverse perspective." Oh no, we're going to be really. Is di- I like the Telegraph just look really ridiculous yeah. for this story. Well, and the Daily Mail and well, the I mean, they always yeah, look but the, the Daily right. Mail always looks ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think the thing that really shocked me was I didn't... Uh, so I saw the front page before I knew what the story was. And I saw the front page and I saw this very attractive young black woman on it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what she's done mm-hmm. in a sort of positive mode, <laughs> thinking, oh, this looks interesting. I hope she's somebody amazing. And then I saw this story next to it, And I was like, have you lost your mind? It's like, what yeah. even is yeah. this? And also the other thing that's really interesting within this is that actually when you look into the story, you find that... It's not her. It's not her saying, let's turn this, you know, let's boot all the white men out. It's pretty much the entire of the English body, English student body saying, please, can we have a bit of diversity on this list? Because it seems a bit old, a bit white and a bit male.
4: Yep. But like, I'm just like, what are you so afraid of? If you read these books about different cultures, what are you so afraid of as oh, they afra- They're afraid, you know, taking over, you know, get rid of one. And then all of a sudden, there'll only be brown people oh that we're reading God. about, only <laughs> be
0: black people that we're reading about. And then the world's going to go to <laughs> pot. And so the Telegraph printed a clarification and the clarification was tiny. Damn. Yeah. in comparison to the photo. So yeah. what I would like is for them to put the clarification at the same size on the front yep. page of their paper and say sorry. That would be really, Especially really to that girl. Like
4: She had something like 2,000 abusive comments because of that <gasps> Disgustingly article. Disgustingly It is like, it's just yeah. bad behaviour. Really and a young behavior. student
0: that fundamentally is doing her role. She is the women's officer at Cambridge University Student Union. It's This is her job to do this. At no point did they highlight that and it's absolutely disgusting and i do feel like that the telegraph have a dossier of you know 10 black women that they stalk and they actively dig up rubbish on these women and vilify them and it's disgusting
1: yeah mm. yeah we I actually weren't buying it in the first place but we're not buying it anymore <laughs> ever we we'll get any pr in the telegraph <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> i sort of feel like they might not like us don't i <laughs> um, emma final story this week what have you got
4: Sorry, you caught me unawares there. <laughs> I actually a sip of my coffee. Ooh, <laughs> this is a attention. bit exciting, right? This is a bit exciting. So, ma- mother's names could finally be included in marriage certificates, which is the first major change to the law since the reign of Queen Victoria. Now, I didn't even know that, our, that your mother was not on your wedding certificate.
1: Well, so this is a weird thing, right? Which is, unless you've got married, you probably wouldn't know this. So, when you get married, it says, you know, Harriet Minter, daughter of, and then space for your father's name no mention of your mother whatsoever and the same for your other half who's getting married too
4: and so Dr. Alan Smith has put forward a, a framework for changing this. Apparently David Cameron kind of put forward. But the reason it hasn't been done is because at the minute, all the uh, marriage certificates are paper and it would cost something like 13 million pounds to replace all these books. So They haven't done it. But this legislation is about digital- digitalizing marriage certificates, which means that they can then do it.
0: Again, I'm sorry. Again, this is the men like, oh, if we add the women's name, it's going to be the women taking over <laughs> okay. and the world's going to. To go to pot I just mean, add a space just add a space people or just make the man box smaller yeah. add a, bu- a box for the woman when you were telling me this the, i was like what yeah. i don't
4: understand it's what a big is this? B- it's a big piece of paper there's a lot of room for an extra name i think
0: this is why i want a public proclamation not a marriage because <laughs> yeah. i am not down for this if someone gave me a piece of paper and it was like you cannot have your mum's name on it what, what, what is this yeah G- but take do you
1: think i think is really weird is probably nobody's really thought about it because you're in this space where you're just kind of focused on getting married and then you you're signing something and that's it. But the, that's yeah. a big bit of the wedding. I've been to
0: weddings where they sat, the, you know, the, the bride and the groom down and... Gone through yeah. a fifteen minutes celebration of signing yeah. this thing, and no point did you look and say, "Where's
4: my mum's name?" Can yeah. we, whoever's getting married in the next couple of months, can you try and sneak your mum's
1: name <laughs> on this <a> ticket? <laughs> can you do that for us and let us know how you get on? Yeah. But obviously, if it invalidates your forty grand wedding, don't come after us for it. So we are going to take a little break, but when we come back, we have got a really exciting exciting guest this week which we're super, so looking forward to we have munro Bergdov, social activist and model and she's going to be talking all about her amazing career and the really new interesting documentary series she's part of the new activists coming up next
2: badass women's hour with harriet minter natalie campbell and emma sexton on talk radio she'll get you talking badass women's hour with harriet minter natalie campbell and emma sexton on talk radio she'll get you talking
1: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co host, Emma Sexton, Natalie Campbell, and this week we're also very excited because we are joined by social activist and model, Monroe Bergdahl. Hi! <laughs>
5: Such a good intro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to have you here. So Monroe, we obviously know you, we've spent a lot of time, we love you, Aww. but for our listeners, tell us a little bit about you, what you do and what you've been up to recently?
5: So I'm primarily an activist. Um, I do a lot of work within the media um, to raise awareness of race issues, um, disparities of race, um, also transgender issues, um, just basically inequality on a social level.
1: Fantastic. And probably the thing that people will (laughs) recognise you for recently is L'Oreal and talking about racism with L'Oreal because... Do you want to... T- well, tell us a little bit about that.
5: Um, so, yeah, I was the first transgender person to model for L'Oreal um, in the UK. And, um, yeah, they hired me as part of a diversity campaign, but then that all kind of went <laughs> went down the pan <laughs> when um, they found that I was um, doing what they employed me to do, which was um, being a voice of activism um, to speak about why we need diversity in the first place. So I wrote about, I, I wrote a Facebook post on um, the Charlottesville um, attack and it went viral and um, then they, they sacked me, basically. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably for the best because I don't really want to be involved with brands that don't support people that they employ and support the voices of people. I mean, they knew who I was when they signed me, so...
1: And I think that's so the thing that I thought was so interesting about that was that what you said in that Facebook post was it got distilled down to this is not the whole Facebook post please go read the whole thing uh, but it got distilled down to all white people are racist and everyone oh my god yeah. and we sat here on the show and we were like no, but yeah, that's correct. <laughs> it is
5: correct. I mean, you, you were talking about what happened to Lola and yeah. that that just goes to prove the point. And it's almost like every single time that the papers print something about a person of colour standing up and saying, this isn't right. Can we please have equality? Mm. And that's all that we're asking for is equality. And it's like equality terrifies people that mm. it doesn't benefit. Well, I mean, it does benefit everybody, but it's almost like... They're scared to share the power, because they want all the power to themselves. So when someone's saying, let's diversify the curriculum, or let's teach black history in equal amounts as white history, it terrifies people, because they're used to being the primary... The dominant. um, Yeah, they're used to being the main focus. How do you deal with all of
0: the um, the abuse that comes along with standing up and, and sharing your truth? Because, you know, going back to the, the, the Lola case, 2,000 abusive messages. You've also shared messages that you've got mm. from people on, on Twitter and Instagram just to yeah. say, look, this is what people are sending to me. Yeah. How do you manage that?
5: Um, I mean, sometimes it does get to me. It depends on obviously how tired I am, mm-hmm. um, how stressed I am. There's factors. But if I'm doing good myself, then I don't really let it get to me because it really isn't about me. It's their racism mm-hmm. and it's them being unable to actually find their place within this multicultural society that we're in. I don't think that they use... I think that they feel disenfranchised mm-hmm. by society because... Ben I, I always say racism doesn't just affect people of colour it also affects white people within multicultural society because it's shutting them off and it's making them feel disenfranchised and it's making them feel like people of colour are trying to take over it's making them angry yeah. and that's no way to live so if we can talk about racism in an um, open and honest manner and talk about how it can, you know, eliminating it can actually affect, it. it's good for all of us You know, I mean, you may have the power in um, society, in a racist society, but you're also going to be highly angry at people of colour and you're going to be unable to communicate with people of colour and that's not a good way to live. And honestly, the way that the world is going, we're not going to be the minority forever. Mm. So it's not maintainable either. So at some point there needs to be a give. But for me personally, I don't take it personally that often because it's not really about me it's about society.
0: Can you flip it and, mo- and use it as motivation to Oh my god do, it's, complete, it's yeah.
5: complete motivation and if anything it's, it's a confirmation for why I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't want this to happen and I think I'm quite a strong person to have got through that and I look back at it and I'm just like how the hell did I get through that because I had nobody, I had my best friends but I didn't have a manager I didn't have a publicist, I didn't have an agent and I've got all of them now to mm-hmm. help me me, alleviate some of the um, pressure, but I didn't have any of that. So I think, what if this happened to someone who wasn't as strong as me? What ha- if this happened to someone who wasn't as articulate as me? Articulate, articulate. <laughs> what a word, word to get wrong. <laughs> Um, (laughs) ...articulate as me, uh, like, they would be completely screwed. Like, L'Oreal would have buried them. The media would have eaten them up. And we can't let that happen because, I mean, it's like the media are going after strong black women... Yes. like Lola, like me, they love to tear us down. But I don't know what it is, actually no, I do know yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what it That's is. Happy. It's racism and it's, it's almost like these people just don't realise what they're doing. They're proving our point. Mm-hmm. If We don't have a diverse reading structure so it's alleviating whiteness into you know the stratosphere yeah. and then as soon as you question that they tear us down that's exactly why we want diversity.
4: I'm just always fascinated about the defensiveness I always noticed it in men when it was around the gender and mm. now I'm noticing it in terms of race and the defensiveness that white people have around it and I'm just for me I feel that's the biggest barrier to get over because when people are defensive yeah. it, they just, they're just they just not open to other points of view but I'm, yeah. but I'm still I don't know I always like to solve problems but I'm like how how do we get people to just be more open-minded and not get on their defensiveness where they have to write articles like the Telegraph mm. they have to like give you a hard time.
5: I think the main thing is that when you talk about racism to a white person um, it's almost like you need to convince them that you're not talking about them, mm. yeah. you're talking about when you, when I say white people I'm talking about um, society or white like culture yeah, yeah exactly it's construct. Yeah. yeah, and it 's difficult that we need to generalize everybody into um demographics yeah. and generalize everybody, but that is that is society we 're all part of society we can't you know no one is above socialization, we all fall into categories, so when you talk about um, racism to a white person, it does get their back up, but then once you start saying this isn't about you, if you know that you are dismantling racism yourself, if you know that you can talk about racism in an informed and impartial manner without getting your back up, then that's great but if you're getting getting your back up and you're not doing anything about it then that is the problem in itself so once we can start talking about it, you're right, we can just Move on, but until we can talk about it, there's literally no hope because it's it's fighting against something that doesn't need to be fought against. Yeah, that's
4: what I don't understand. It's just like, yeah, like there's the end that you know, that whole article with Lola. It's just like, wh- why why do you see this as such yeah. a bad thing? Like, it
5: is, it's, it's anyone that's in, I mean, it's the phrase, isn't it? Um, equality feels like oppression to those that are using yes. the privilege, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, men will get angry with that's what I try to bring yeah. up on the yeah. Piers yeah. Morgan <laughs> <laughs> that oh, you know, Piers. he's like so we live in a sexist society. I was like, yeah, we do. We live in a sexist society, we live in a homophobic society, we live in a um an racist society, and everybody that has the privilege if they're asked to share it, then it does feel like they're taking a bit of their But also a classist away. society as well. Oh for sure, one hundred percent. Especially that like Grenfell yeah. um illustrated that so loudly. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean completely
1: so I just wanted to ask you because you're part of a new series on Huffington Post called yes. The New Activists yes. and it's a documentary series following young people who are like putting themselves out there yeah. and really challenging mm. various kind of issues of inequality within our society did you until, I mean not did you see but until this documentary come about would you have described yourself as an activist or were you just like this has got to be said so I'm saying it
5: um, I mean I never really defined myself too much before the whole L'Oreal thing I kind of did because I did t- 10,000 things I was a bit of a slashy I just like like to kind of you know be a multifaceted person like all of the rest of us but it's kind of just been a little bit more focused since and um, I know what I really want to focus on I know what needs to be focused on it highlighted a plethora of things that really need to be sorted out so activism is definitely where I'm focusing it at the moment and I did do a lot of stuff about gender and um, sexuality before um, but it, I think that was also a positive thing that when I was going on television, it was a transgender woman of colour not talking about being a transgender woman yeah. of colour. Yeah. I think that, that was a great thing on in the media to show that trans people don't need to only be on the television when they're talking about their gender. Yeah. Because up until now, that's kind of... I mean, the media's obsession with our bodies is... Yeah. Completely weird, anyway. But that's really the only time that you'd see a transgender person on the TV in in a storyline or whatnot. I was actually commenting on something else that affects all of us.
1: What do you think we could all be doing to maybe alleviate some of this, and I guess racism within the UK, but any of the other inequalities? Is it do we all have to be activists? Or
5: no, yeah. Um yeah, no. I I get I get asked that question a lot, and I think the pressure is always put on uh, marginalized people to be activists and always come up with the answers. Yeah, And that's really unfair. We need people that are in privileged positions. Uh, we need the people that, perpe- that perpetuate the injustice, um, whether or not they're part of that injustice. If they're part of, you know, it's like men, we need men to stand up to say you look this isn't okay we you can't treat women like this in the workplace we need that we don't need women saying you know that are fighting the good fight all the time because it affects us you know we we need cisgender people fighting trans people's corners we need white people fighting black people's corners we need to come together it can't always be the marginalised person always coming up with the answers and not being listened to half the time
0: I break it down as so the process is so it's awareness so you know if if you are the majority and and you you don't feel marginalised it's being aware of what's going on to other people then go on your own journey of understanding so from awareness becomes understanding and then
5: action. Don't yeah. expect someone to be able to, to spoon feed you. Go on your own journey. For sure. And it's always like people asking like, what can, what can I do? It's yeah. like, if you you know what you can do, you can go onto the internet yeah. and search it yourself. <laughs> I mean, YouTube. I mean, it's, it's almost like when people say, I don't know what to say to transgender people. Like, I think it's like, you know, it's so far from what I'm used to if you're really that interested in helping the trans community, there are a thousand YouTubers that talk about what can you do to help trans people, or like, there's a thousand like black activists on YouTube talking about, as a white person, what can I do to be less racist, what can I do to you know, um, break down racism. There's so much you can do on your own mm-hmm. without expecting people to give you all the answers yourself.
1: Yeah, And uh Are you going to hang around with us for our Badass Balls Up section? Give your advice on some problems? Yeah, sure. Oh, (laughs) let me
5: give a little plug to New Activist. So New Activist is out every single weekday from 4pm on Huffington Post. They're five minute episodes and um, it's about four of us. So we all um, have our own dedicated little episodes just following us around. When does it start? It's already started. So it's been running for about the last um, three weeks. Um, Just various scenarios. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: <Nice>. <laughs> and anything else exciting in the pipeline? where where else should we be looking for you where else can we find you um, so I've just shot a couple of
5: fashion campaigns so everything's kind of gonna drop around I just I've got my illamasqua campaign coming out in yes, november yay. as well so that's great i think we're going to be going to hollywood <laughs> <next week>. ah! <laughs> so yeah i'm going to spend a week in la so that'll be fun um yeah and no, it just got a lot coming up between now and christmas so just stay last and before Fabulous. we
0: finish i just want to say every time i see you i hear some music and this is the song that i hear right now <laughs>
1: Coming up next, it's our Badass Bulls Up, so we try and solve your problems as ever. If you want to tell us your problems, you can tweet us at BadassWomen'sHour, HR at BadassWomen'sHour, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. We're going to be giving you all our wisdom right next.
2: Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking.
1: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour. All the opinions we can muster, and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter, and I'm joined by my co host Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week, we also have the fabulous Munro Bergdoff oh, no! in the studio with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Munro Bergdoff, social activist, model, and star of the Huffington Post new docu-series "New Activists," which is out now. Is that right?
5: Yes, it's out every single day. There's five-minute episodes dropping every day at 4 p.m. weekdays
1: yeah, on the Huffington Post. So find it there. Uh, it is is our badass balls up section now so the part of the show where we try and use our combined wisdom over a hundred years because that's how old we are over a hundred years of wisdom <laughs> to try and help you out in fact it's probably like that's a generous yeah, estimate yeah. of our age <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our first problem this week is, Emma, what have you got? Uh, So we had a really nice uh,
4: email in from Emily via Facebook. She said, I've been working in a commercial press office for a certain firm for years now. As time goes by, I realise I no longer wish to associate myself with this organisation and I want to move into the the non-profit sector instead. The organisation I work for couldn't be less in line with the mission carried out by the NGOs I would really like to work for. Do you think my past experience will hinder my chances of getting employed in this sector? how can I show I have experience in the industry without showing what I did over the years that has actually gone against what these NGOs were trying to achieve?
1: Oh, great question. Nat, mm-hmm. you do a lot of work with the kind of yeah. not for profit sector. Do they hate people that have been working for the big, bad corporations? No, not at all. So I get asked this question a lot, literally
0: on, on, on LinkedIn. People say, how do I transition out of the private sector into into the third sector in this world? And what I would say is that it's really down to skills, skills and networks. So if you want to move into an industry, and especially an industry that is primarily about helping people and changing lives, you have to take the skills of what you've done in your private sector job. So that might be project management, it might be finance, it might, it might be marketing, it might be comms. And And just highlight the amazing things you've done in that role and sell yourself in. And it really is about networking. You could add so much value to an NGO by taking the skills that you've had in the private sector and the networks, because working in in an NGO you know, a large part of it is fundraising as well. So they want connections back into the corporate world. Um, so don't feel shut out or locked out because you haven't worked in the industry, but really focus on what skills and what it is that you're going to bring. Should
4: you be doing some like volunteer work and things in those sectors to show that you've got passion for...
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, so showing, so volunteering to find out which organisations you actually want to work for, because it's one thing being passionate about cause and it's another thing to work in that specific organisation. So it might be that you actually work in a, an NGO that does something slightly different to the sort of the values alignment piece because you really like the way that they work or like that organisation. So do your research too.
1: Monroe what do you think about people who maybe come to activism or want to get involved in a cause and maybe they haven't been in it before and they've had one of those moments where they're like oh actually I've realised everything I'm doing in my life is not helping this world mm. I want to change do you think they get treated with a bit of scepticism or are you actually kind of like do you know what if you're on my team you're on my team let's be
5: part of that you know what I think it's all about intention isn't it and yeah. you know we've all done stuff that we don't that we're not as, as really proud <laughs> of it, I mean that's part of life it's a yeah. course of life but I think it all comes from intention and why do you want to make change and why do you want to get involved with this and you know, we none of us all have the none of us have all of the answers. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I get into activism, when I got into activism, I came into it thinking, you know, I'm in, I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I'm just going to talk about what I've been through, what I know. Um, I'm not going to. St- for other people Mm. and it's half of it is just opening your ears and opening your heart and opening your mind and just applying what you can bring to the table like you said like with its skills in whatever field so um, I think as long as you can bring something to the table and as long as you're doing it for the right reasons there's no reason why anybody should shut you out
1: yeah I agree and the other thing I would say is actually if you've been working for the press office for a particular company you probably have quite a lot of experience if they're not maybe one of the kind of more touchy-feely companies you might have quite a lot of experience in crisis management (laughs) and actually being able to see the other side of it is a really useful tool so being able to know this is what this side is going to say and help somebody else out with that that's a great skill to have that's for sure. just my thought.
5: there's so many unethical businesses out there yeah. yeah it's so hard to find an ethical business so i mean the likelihood is that we've all worked for unethical businesses <laughs> oh, there's yes. unethical charities out there so many unethical charities <laughs> so i mean it may look great that you've been in the charity sector but what charity do you know the whole business of the charity <clears throat> so i shouldn't feel i wouldn't feel too bad about it
1: Love it. Thank you. Now, what problem do you have this week? So this comes from Chen
0: uh, on Instagram, and I'm already smiling as I'm reading this. Um, so <laughs> my partner is terrible at sexy talk. Sexting and getting me in the mood whenever we are text, uh, texting on the phone just doesn't really work. I would certainly enjoy having some naughty time via text or call when I have to travel for work okay uh, but when he tries he just makes me laugh how can we both get better at it and make it exe- a sexy Aww. experience Aww, sorry Chen I don't mean to laugh reading this but we've all had you laugh.
1: Yeah. Um, do you know so I always say that sexting is my superpower yes <laughs> I like get it,
5: it. <laughs> I'm a writer
1: with a dirty mind which like, means that I I'm like really good and sometimes I'm, like sometimes if I'm sexting someone it's part of me which just thinking god why am I giving this away for free I you could, yes. for you could bundle up like 10 texts <laughs> that you could buy to just randomly send to your partner. <laughs> There's a business in But I think that comes from basically being widely read, right? So I read, you know, I grew up in the country. We Mills didn't have cable. Boone. I read a lot of Mills and Boon as a kid. My grandmother had them and I stole them off the shelves. And actually, just get them to read. Like, if you're not liking what they're saying, if they're trying and it's not really working for you, Find some stuff that does work for you and point them in that direction. Give them a little gift of some really lovely books give them an idea of what it is you do want you right know? It's also that laughter though to me that hints of a slight lack
4: of fun being able to be really vulnerable with your partner which mm. is really important because oh emma you're so corny no oh, it's, yeah. it's- <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, maybe sexting is
0: just a i'm like the, the text i want is i cannot wait till you get home that's it i don't need anything else i don't yeah, need like- a layup I'm but just, she does. She
1: wants something else, so she's got to maybe show it to get it. I think. Um, Roe, what well, do you well, think?
5: I don't know. I'm pretty good with like. <laughs> I'm pretty good with all of that too. I don't know. Maybe change the medium. Maybe go for pictures. Mm. And like, I know, like pictures can like kind of end like it, but like, if 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 you are in a secure relationship and you trust that person, I mean, there's laws now to protect revenge porn, so that's fine. Cross that bridge when you get to it, but. <laughs> (laughs) But for me personally, I think a little mix of um, special things, like don't try to be somebody else. Maybe he's not being himself. Maybe he's trying too hard to be sexy. Maybe if he tries to just, you know, find his own sexy. And, you know, some people are really awkward. I'm really awkward. I'm super awkward. Um, But... I kind of go with that and embrace that. And I think that it comes through in like a sexy way sometimes. What about M's sometimes. vulnerability
0: point? Do you think you have to have a certain amount of vulnerability Yeah,
4: to, I to think do you that? do.
5: I agree with you you're actually. Right, <laughs> but
4: I yeah. know I'm right. You know, like, you I mean, like- it's
5: like, you know, you can't enjoy sex un- unless you're a man and be vulnerable. Um, I mean, you can't enjoy sex unless you're vulnerable. Uh, I mean, I think men can, but yeah. for a woman to let go and just, enjoy the experience as it is and not worry and not try to be something too much unless that's what you're going for (laughs) (laughs) unless it's a little role play but um, yeah no I agree with you with the vulnerability point especially from a trans woman's point of view Um, I really could not enjoy sex until I got out of my own head Mm -hmm. and I was just present in the room in the bed um, (laughs) being myself and not worrying about it. does he think that I look cisgender does he think that I look you know that I passed. Does he think this? Does he think think that I'm there for me? Mm-hmm. I'm there to enjoy myself. Yeah. It's so, all about the if pleasure. you're there, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could talk about so this all day to so you. Like, no, no, no.
1: no, no. <laughs> so basically, do some reading, get comfortable, yeah, and be a bit vulnerable because that's what we like, and a bit cheesy, didn't you? <laughs> a, talk a bit cheesy, yeah. yeah. yeah it so is we a bit cheesy. No violence, mean. right? <laughs> no violence on the show or in real life, people, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so, finally, our third problem this week. This comes from Louisa and she says, I've reached a point in my career where lots of my colleagues and people that I work with are members of private members clubs. So they have somewhere to take clients and friends and it feels like the sort of thing that I should be involved in. However... I have applied for one and I haven't been accepted and now I'm feeling a bit like I've done something wrong and I don't know how to get through the door. What should I do? Emma, you're the little private members super guru. What do you think? Well, I think, firstly, I think private members clubs are a little bit
4: overrated. So don't worry too much. But equally, you have to know how to play the game. So you have to, you know, you do these applications and they're like, tell me about yourself. They're not really interested in you. They're interested in what you're going to bring to the club and to the members there. And then each, each kind of club has its own particular thing. So, you know, you need to play on that. So if it's quite a creative club, you've got to play or try and make out you're a more creative person than perhaps you are. So it's about that. So I think people submit these applications and then they're a bit like, I oh, actually you haven't played the game. Mm. and then also networking you've got to try and find people who are on the committee
1: um, membership committees it's all about the
5: referees isn't it Yeah, yeah
1: yeah Monroe, would you want to be part of a club that didn't want you would you just be like no sort of could have had me No, you can't oh yeah i mean <laughs> if they don't want you but
5: i mean yeah it's all about playing the game i'm a member of a few so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it is very very good for um meetings and um i actually joined at the beginning of my transition because it was like a nice safe space um i was paying to you nice. know go so, yeah. and not be bothered yeah. um and it's protected um but i mean it is very good for clients and everything like that but yeah it is all about the game it's all about what you can bring to the club and um you know how you're different from the rest of the members yeah
0: Nat, yeah. would you agree yeah I, I definitely so i was rejected three times from one of the you know the big members clubs. so i actually started doing workshops there to get to know mm. the events team and then when i did it the the last time i put the events manager's name on and it, it happened. So yeah, I had to go really, really hustle
1: to get to get in. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So that's that actually hustle. about yeah, showing them what you're gonna bring. Yeah.
5: And really I think that it is a good thing because I mean it makes I mean it makes the house more diverse. Mm-hmm. It makes the house um I shouldn't really say the house. <laughs> we it, all know you're it, talking it. about. <laughs> Should I start that again? <laughs> 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 and if anything it is it is good because it makes the um, club more diverse it makes um, you know the events that they put on there more exciting yeah. the more exciting members that are a part of the um, club it's it's just it's better yeah, yeah. actually
4: that's another way and a lot of them have cultural event programs so you know mm. if you've got an idea for running an event perhaps pitch that so that you're on their radar that fabulous be
1: great ideas there good luck let us know how you get on come see us if we're there because we're in some of them but not all <laughs> um <laughs> (laughs) Well have to say A big thank you To the fabulous Munro Bergdorf Thanks for having me
5: And congratulations On your diversity (laughs) award When I last saw you I was like
1: yeah! (laughs) (laughs)
5: Thanks darling
1: Um, We're heading towards the end But we're not quite there yet Because coming up We have our Backdated badass A woman from history That you really need to know about
2: Badass women's hour With Harriet Minter Natalie Campbell And Emma Sexton On talk radio She'll get you talking Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking.
1: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour, Three Women, One Hour, All the Opinions We Can Muster, and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And we're heading into the final part of our show where we like to tilt, oh, excuse me, where we like to talk about and introduce you to an amazing woman from history that you should know some more about. And this week's is brought to us by Jacqueline Goodley, founder and CEO of Salome, a new literary magazine for emerging female writers. Hi, Jacks. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Great. Who are you talking about this week? Uh, So this week I'm talking about um, my
3: favourite woman in STEM and she's called Hedy Lamarr, which might surprise some people because Hedy Lamarr is best known for being a Hollywood actress rather than someone who did science and tech and those things. So um, she's starred alongside a whole host of brilliant actors and actors in the pre- and post-war years, including Judy Judy Garland, um, and there's been about 25 films over her career. Um, she's probably most well known for starring in a film called Ecstasy, where she was the first. She played the per- per- person to first act out a female orgasm on screen in a non-pornographic film. Wow! But she had this. Yeah, it's pretty great. And then she had this whole other side, whole other side to her, and uh, surprisingly few people knew about, which is that she was actually an inventor. And we have Heddy Lamar to thank for developing the technology used in Wi-Fi and other telecommunications today. So that's uh, amazing. Was, and
1: what was her background? Had she studied for that, or so she
3: hadn't? She was actually she was an actress. Um, that was her job. Um, she she broke into Hollywood um, eventually, but she, she it was really just a hobby that she was interested. So on the side of doing her acting in the evening, she'd tinker around with playing with. Some of the things that led her to then create this cross, um, this spread spectrum, cross um, frequency technology.
0: Okay. I mean, as you do. You yeah. Know, just come yeah, home in the right. evening, I'll just have a little tinker. You know, yeah. just finish the do movie.
4: Do you think she was the first person to have a side hustle? In
3: life?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she found time.
0: She had six husbands, so you know, in between, that keep fin- you busy. Yeah, keep in between finding, six keeping, husbands. losing, six yeah, husbands, yeah.
4: and developing Wi-Fi, you know, cha-
0: yeah, changing, changing the world, and being inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. You know, it's just she's badass, super badass. <laughs> Yes.
3: Yeah. Um what did and, she do with this? Um she so it wasn't actually used during the war, so it was supposed to be for tracking submarines, but it was later used in uh, navy in the Navy in the nineteen sixties. But then again it's it forms now what we the part of the technology for the Wi Fi that we use. Um and I think that she's just a brilliant role model for um girls who want to go into science and tech and because i think often we're pulled in two directions um about you know saying we should either be artsy or we Mm. should be sciencey and mathsy and uh, the reason that i love her is because she can embody both those things she was a fantastic um uh actress really beautiful but also had this side her where she was you know creating things in her in her spare time that that um changed the world that we live in today
1: amazing and do you think she received the proper recognition for this? Because so often we hear about women inventing amazing mm. things and then it sort of gets credited to a man. Was that the case for her?
3: Um, it wasn't so much in this case it was credited to a man. I think it was just that um, it wasn't uh, used at the time that she was... That, that mm-hmm. They painted the technology in 1941, but it wasn't used at that point. She did have a male co-founder um, but, or co-inventor, but... Um, I mean, I definitely don't think there's enough talk about her as somebody who played a part in inventing the technology that we use today. I mean, you'd think with the internet, we know who created that. It's a man, but we never hear about Hedy Lamarr and the fact that she had such an important part in creating something so so hugely important so do you think she lied
0: about about the guy she's like oh let's just get a guy otherwise <laughs> they won't believe that i created this thing as we've discussed before well, one of the things um that really stood out for me was uh, her views on her career and and how her relationships impacted on that so we've got a quote that says she writes about her marriage i knew very soon that i could never be an actress while i was his wife he was the absolute monarch in the marriage. I was like a doll. I was like this thing, some sort of uh, object of art, which was to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own. And that really stood out in, in terms of her you know, thinking about all the things that she wanted to do or maybe didn't even know that she wanted to do and, and, and rationalising how she was going to make that work within the marriages that she had, which is why she obviously ended up with six husbands, because she's like, actually, I'm I'm a busy woman. And if you don't believe in the thing that I'm doing I'm just going to get rid of you.
4: But you know what I find a little bit tragic is for all of her like what an incredible woman not only because she had an amazing acting career but then also to be this inventor mm-hmm. but yet she started to become really obsessed with plastic surgery. She was so beautiful but she had this real fear of losing her looks and then invested in all this plastic surgery that went wrong and I just think that's really sad of somebody that clearly had so much mm. to give but got so fixated on, on her beauty being of so much
1: value. Yeah. I find that a bit sad, Jax. What is it that drew you to her? Why do you feel a connection with her?
3: Um, I've uh, it's kind of what I was saying before is I've worked um, with so many girls uh, trying to inspire them to go into science, tech, engineering, and math careers. Um, and, um, I can see it's such a it's such a still such a big deal for girls that they think that they can't go into it because it's you know they should be artsy and, rather, and creative rather than Um, working in science or even just pursuing interests they have and um, I think that having somebody like her such a talented person in film but also uh, in her hobby of um, tech essentially is just a brilliant role model and we need more people like her in schools and being talked about um, to get girls enthusiastic and feeling like they can do it as well
1: Fantastic Well thank you so much for coming on and talking about her she sounds absolutely amazing Um, so thank you big thanks to Jacqueline Goodley founder and CEO of Salome Uh, that's Hedy Lamarr if you want to know more about her or any of our amazing amazing women do you know what you can always find all the podcasts all the podcasts are up on iTunes and online you can go back and listen to some other amazing backdated badasses some incredible women who've achieved stuff that we just don't talk about enough uh, so we're coming towards the end of the show, but as ever, we like to leave you with a little something to live your life by for the next seven days. That is our badass principle of the week. What is it this week, Now Our
0: badass principle this week is fight back. Mm-hmm. And Fight Back is inspired by Monroe and her ability to say, actually, in the face of all of this adversity, I am going to fight back and I'm going to be an activist and I'm going to build a career while also while also changing people's lives. Um, but I think it's a bit heady, Lamar, as well. Um, you know, she 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 was fighting back against anyone, any man that was telling her that she couldn't be the, the <laughs> boss of her own career. So inspired, and also the stories that we talked about at the top of the show as well.
1: Fabulous.
4: Emma, what is it for you? What's Fight Back for you? I think it's about, um, fighting back is about standing up for what you believe in and calling out things that are that are wrong and i think it's really really hard to be a lone voice and to do things especially like munro did where you're standing up for your principles and what you believe is right and you will no doubt da- undoubtedly get a backlash from that but being able to still you know stay strong so i think it's really important that i think we all do that we will speak out on behalf of others um so yeah that's what it means for me
1: I agree. I think it is about actually saying it's not okay. And I'm going to push back against it. And I'm not going to stop pushing. Mm. And that for me actually really fed back to the Terry Richardson story. And these women who for 10 years now have been talking about him, who have been trying to get that story out there. And finally, it has happened. So if we do fight back against it, eventually we get somewhere. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer, though. Yeah,
4: and I like what Manuel was saying as well about all of us fighting, you know, for other minorities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, you know what? You should come talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can talk to us individually. You can find me at Harriet Minter, Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And we will bet... Be back here, same time, same place, next week on Talk Radio.
2: Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.